our Old Testament reading today is from Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 12. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Kelly. If you've been with us, you know that we are working our way through the Ten Commandments. If you are joining us for the first time, you've probably guessed that um, by now. And we've been asking this question, what, what do these commandments have to do with us as, as Christians? Um, what sway do they hold in our life? Where do they fit in our life? And we know that Jesus himself said that he did not come to abolish God's law, but to fulfill it. And so every week as we've been looking at these commandments, we've been kind of looking at a, a pattern that the law has in our life as Christians. And I've used three M words to help us remember it, that they serve as a map, that they show us that really the law is a picture of the heart of God. So um, the one who, you have a creator, you have somebody who designed you, you have somebody who knows what you're like and how you work better than you do, and he gives you the law in order to guide your life. These, this is what it should look like. But it also serves as a mirror. And I, I think you've probably seen this in the last few weeks, that as you look into the law, what it shows you is the ways in which your life is cracked and the ways in which it's broken, the ways in which um, even if you make a resolution, which you might have done a couple of months ago, to live a better life, that you often find that you cannot do it. And so lastly, it's like a mentor, that the law, that one of the most beautiful things that the law does is that it it proclaims this gospel to us, even as it shows us that we're actually worse than we thought we were, that it takes us by the hand and it becomes a mentor that leads us to Jesus and shows us that Jesus has perfectly done the things that we cannot do, that he's fulfilled it all for us, so that we now become the sons and the daughters of of the living God. And so this morning, um, we are through the first four of the commandments. And as I've told you, the first um, half of the, the law is about when Jesus was asked, how do we, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus says, the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. 
And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so what he was doing is what was traditionally done, is he was dividing the law into these two parts and, and reducing it down to this one central element that the law is about love. This is why Paul could say that those who love um, fulfill the law. That it's about loving God and it's about loving your neighbor. And so we've looked at um, these first four and today we get into a transition where we start talking about what it looks like for us to love our neighbor. And that fifth commandment, as you just heard it read, is to honor your father and your mother. And, um, you know, I've been threatening my children all week with this. I'm going to use you as illustrations. Um, they, my daughter just said to me um, right before the service, I'm really nervous about this. I have no illustrations about my children this morning. Um, but they have been very well behaved this week. So um, before we talk about this, let me, let me pray for us. Father, even as we sang this morning, your word um, is a foundation for us. Your word is, is good and true, and really we are surrounded every day by, by things that are speaking lies to us. From without and from within, um, we're prone to listen to anything that we might think could make our lives more manageable or, or more comfortable. Um, we confess we're easily deceived And so we thank you that you have preserved your word for us that speaks truth to us. And so, Father, this morning, as you speak your truth to us in your word, we pray as we see, or maybe we're convicted by this, we pray that you would lead us once again to your son, Jesus. We pray that you would help us to understand what it means to to live our lives in a way that honors you, um, in the way that we honor the authority that you have put in our life. We pray that you would be glorified. Um, in us and by us, Father, through the work of your Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start this morning by reading you guys a a short quote. And I want you to be thinking about, as I read this quote, who do you think said this? None of you are going to guess it, okay? Um, Who do you think said this? Youth today love luxury. They have bad manners. Contempt for authority. No respect for older people. They talk nonsense when they should work. They contradict their parents. They talk too much in company. They guzzle their food. I love that. They guzzle their food. They lay their legs on the table and they tyrannize their elders. Who do you think said that? Socrates. (laughs) So... 2,400 years ago, there were people walking around going, kids today, so disrespectful. And you may have come and you thought, okay, we're talking about the fifth commandment this morning, and there may have been some of you in the room, and that's exactly what you were thinking. Finally, pastor, you need to address the disrespect of our children today. The the culture and the youth is running rampant. They need to be set straight again. And others of you may be here this morning, and you kind of think, well, this is a morning I could have easily skipped because I'm not a child. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. And what does this commandment actually have to do with me that I could have probably set this one out? Or maybe you're thinking, I don't even have children of my own, and I'm grown. What does this have to do with me? And here's the thing. As you've seen probably so far in these first four commandments, that all of these commandments are applicable to all people. 
So whatever stage you are in life right now that, that all of us have or either have had parents. And this commandment is telling us something that is true from the day that we're born until the day that we die. So even if it's the case currently that maybe your, your parents are, are, are maybe no longer living, maybe they have passed away, that traditionally this commandment has been applied and interpreted to even um, think about how we respond to all authority that's put into our lives and how that authority is God-given. And so maybe you're, even now you're starting to think about some questions and you're thinking about how do I, how do I honor my parents when we disagree maybe on a number of issues. Maybe you feel like you're here this morning. How do I honor my parents when we disagree about everything? And every time I'm with them, it's utterly apparent. We don't see the world in the same way. How do I honor my parents when maybe they're no longer alive? How do I honor my parents when they have really wounded me? And they have hurt me. And they have done things that are really wrong. And you might be thinking right now, um, this guy does not know my parents, right? He does not understand um, how maybe messed up they are. And that's true. I know a lot of your stories because I listen to a lot of your stories all the time. And many of your stories involve both the good, the bad, and the ugly of how you were raised and how your parents have both loved you and also wounded you. But as a parent and as a pastor, I I do know this. I have never met parents who aren't messed up. I have never met a family that is not broken. And I think that God knew that when he wrote these commandments. It's not that he was thinking, well, there's going to be someone who comes along and this situation is so bad that they are the exception to this that he applies this universally to all of us. And so some of us are maybe overly, maybe, maybe we're overly enamored with our parents. Maybe we're overly enamored with um, what they think of us and their opinion of us, and we've lived a lot of our lives um, simply trying to live up to our parents' expectations of us. Maybe their expectations of you were very high and you wake up one day when you're like 35 years old and you realize much of what you've done in your life was simply trying to please your parents. And maybe others of, of, of us this morning are here and if you really were honest, what you would say is, I, I hate my parents. Um, I despise them. It feels like from, the, from day one, their job was to make me miserable and to make my life miserable. But I imagine for most of us, we've, we've hopefully fall somewhere in between those two. That we would rightly say we love our, our parents and we know that it's inevitable that whether they were, you know, pretty good or, or pretty bad at times, that they have quite possibly been the most influential people in our lives, that they have shaped us. And they have molded us. You know, the, the studies are out there that say that, like, your personality is shaped within the first few days of your life. It's terrifying, right? As a parent, that's terrifying. Uh, we've already wrecked their life. And maybe you're left wondering, what does it mean for you, the majority of this room are not children anymore. What does it mean for us to have a relationship 
with our parents. Why is that important? Why is it so important that God puts it right in the middle of his ten laws? He puts it right in the middle. These commandments, as you remember, they start with authority. They start with the supreme authority over all things, that you shall not have any other gods before me, that you should worship me and serve me alone. And then here in the middle, he switches to our relationships to those around us, and he begins the second with the authority that he himself has put into our lives. That the supreme authority over all things, the maker and the creator of all things, is saying, I put... As you were a young child, I put an authority in your life. You see, if you worship the one true God, then you also have to respect, is what he's saying, that he has put authorities in your life that he wants you to honor. This is, you know, maybe we could ask this question, do you want to love your neighbor? And I think a lot of us would say, yeah, I'm working on that. I'm I'm working on how to maybe... even stretch myself in ways that I might love people that I don't normally love, that I might go outside of my comfort zone. That's something that we talk about a lot in this church, that I might um, love people who don't normally run in my circles and don't look with me, look like me. And I think what God starts with is he's saying, if you can't honor your parents, how will you ever love your neighbor? And that's sort of, maybe for some of us, that's a really terrifying thought. And so I want to talk about it this morning, really in the same way we did last week. I want to ask, what does this mean, why should we do it, and how do we do it? What does this mean, how should we, how should, why should we do it, and how do we do it? What does this mean? Well, you have to know, in this commandment, the word, what is this word honor? I think that's, an, I mean, that's a very central, important word to this commandment. It was chosen by God, and it was chosen very carefully. He says to honor your father, and your mother. And this word honor in Hebrew is the word kavod. And the root of that word, so this word is used all over the Old Testament. It really refers to um, God's glory. But the root of it is a word that really talks about weight. That God, that, that to honor is to give something a weightiness in your life. That something that has glory has weight to it. And so to honor is to give something weight, is to give your parents, your your mother and your father, is to give them weight in your life. And you understand this concept um, probably to a certain degree already, although it may sound a little weird, is because you have certain people in your life that just you go to when things are hard. You have certain friends in your life that you pick up the phone and you, you call when you have questions. And I think you would say, why would you do that? Obeying everything that they say. So, you know, in Ephesians, Paul talks about, and a few times in the New Testament, Paul talks about um, children, obey your parents. The commandment says to all of us, honor your parents. So, um, so the children in this room, who are the children in this room? Those who are still living in your parents' house. And the command to you, how do you honor your parents right now, the New Testament makes it very clear, is the way that you honor your parents is by obeying them. It's by, it's, it's by listening to what they say and taking the weight of what they say and doing it. Um, you honor your parents by obeying them. 
But as you get older and you become an adult, I mean, I think the reason that this word is chosen carefully that you honor, because adults are probably, many of them are parents themselves, it'd be a little weird if not kind of wrong if they still obeyed everything that their parents said and everything that their parents told them to do. So, but honoring is something that you do for the rest of your life, that you give weight to who your parents are. You know, in our own house, um, one of the things, I don't think we talk about this a lot, but one of the things that I think has become understood is that we realize how temporary um, our children are in our home. That um, we, I was just talking to somebody in the passing of the peace, and I'm like, we're going to be empty nesters. I was talking to somebody else who has kids about my age, and I was like, we're going to be empty nesters like really soon. And you realize, you know, when your children are in your home, it feels like it will never end. And it feels like it's really long and it's hard. And, but it, that time, as they start to grow, you realize that moves really quickly. And so one of the things that I often remind myself of and sometimes remind our family of is that we're raising you as children to go and to leave and to go live your lives in the world. But my marriage, I made a covenant with God that, that this thing lasts until the day that I die. And so my marriage is, is prime in my house, even over my children. And I have the most, I really think I have some of the most wonderful children in the world. I would much rather hang out with them than I would you. No offense. You come right underneath them, but I would rather be with my wife over them or you. And you see, we we raise them to go and to have their own families, and this is good and right. So if they are still, if they grow up and when they hit about 30, if they're still calling me for every single decision they have to make, I wouldn't find that to be an honorable thing. I would say that somehow I have crippled them, that they need to grow up and to begin to make decisions on their own. One of the best ways that you can begin to honor your parents is by taking responsibility for your life. So why should, we, why should we honor our parents? And I know right now you can probably think of about 50 reasons, if you're an adult, you could probably about think, think of about 50 reasons why your parents are not worthy of honor. And that does not make you unique. What most of you have already vividly learned is that your parents, like you, are really deeply flawed people. And... It would be easy to look at them and say, why would I honor them? Look at the mistakes that they've made. Maybe you think the older you get, the more clear those mistakes become. And the commandment does not say to honor those who are worthy of honor. It says to honor your father and mother. To honor your father and mother. And so the first reason of why you should do this is the reason actually given in the command, which is a little weird. The command says that your days may be long in the land your, the Lord your God is giving you. So what is what God's saying, if you honor your father and mother, um, you're going to live a really long life. Well, Jesus perfectly honored his father and his life was cut pretty short. I don't think that's exactly what it means. I do think that the New Testament clarifies it a little bit when Paul says in Ephesians, to obey your parents that it may go well with you. That it might go well with you. That there's actually built into this command a blessing. That if you obey the authority that I've put in your life, if you honor the authority that I put in your life, that it is going to bless your life. Paul is saying the authority is placed over you by God, and you might not always like it, 
But he says to honor it is something that will actually bless you. And you know, to some degree, you've experienced this because when you were younger, maybe you had a period, maybe this was your entire childhood, well, I don't know. Maybe you had a period when you were really rebellious. And uh, maybe you had a period where it's just sort of everything your parents said, you went against it. And what you started to realize is things are not going well for me. That every time I oppose them and every time I turn from what they say, um, things actually go worse for me. And so we've experienced this. It's just basic logic. And so even as you get older, the more weight you give to the authority in your life, the better your life will be. And that's a promise from God. But secondly, there's something about the way that God sets up these relationships that actually, I think, teach us the gospel. What do I mean? Well, marriage, you know, you think about marriage. Marriage teaches us how to deny ourselves and how to live our life for another person, to not think of our own interest, but to think about the interest of somebody else. And in the same way, when we actually submit to the authorities that God has put in our life, we are taught humility and we're actually taught how to trust his sovereignty over our lives. And so when we honor those in authority over us, we we have to continually submit to the fact that we might not always know what is best for our life. That God may have put people in our life who see something bigger than we see and are actually there to help us and actually there to instruct us. And we actually would do well to listen to them. You know, it's true that you didn't choose your parents. But it's also true that God did. And he may have had a reason for it. I don't know. He may have actually known what he was doing. And I think that sometimes we go, I don't want to give them honor because, you know, I didn't get the chance to even choose them. They really didn't get the chance to choose you either. But God did choose them. And, and maybe that thought alone is what you needed to hear this morning. Maybe it's that thought that softens your heart and makes you become um, sympathetic and maybe empathetic to opening your eyes to go in, what was God doing by putting me in this particular home? As hard as it sometimes may have been, as difficult as sometimes some of your lives have been, God's sovereignty is not exempt from who your parents are. And so we ask this question, how then do we honor them? And I, and I said this already, but I'll say it again. If you are still living in your parents' house, it's just, it's very simple um, that you are to obey. The New Testament makes it very clear that you honor your parents by obeying them. And, you know, unless, you're, you know, unless your parents are commanding you to break the other commandments, like murdering your sibling, then you should not obey that. But unless your parents are commanding you to sin, you are called to obey your parents. Um, it actually says, in all things. What about the rest of us? Because the bulk of this room, um, we're not living in our parents' house any longer. And so how do we do this? And I want to I give you four suggestions. And we'll be done. Four ways that we can honor our parents as we grow up and as we move out um, from under their, their roof. How do we honor our parents? And I would say the first way that we can do this is by offering our parents forgiveness. We honor our parents by offering them forgiveness. 
by not holding the things that they have done wrong against them anymore, by, by realizing that, yes, my parents are, are like me, that they are sinful and they are broken and they have done things that are wrong and there are probably ways in which they have hurt me. And there is a day coming, if, you, if it hasn't come already, when you will have children of your own and you will, you will begin to see... There's, there's a day coming when my children are going to need to forgive me. I tell my kids often, we don't have a college fund, we have a counseling fund, you'll, you'll need it later, right? Because we're a bunch of sinners that have been put together, and as hard as we try to be good parents, most days we're not. And most days yours probably weren't either. And maybe it's just a good thing to go, how do I forgive them? How do I move towards them and forgiveness. And the more you understand the gospel, and the more, even as we've talked about these commandments, the more you start to see, I am somebody who is more sinful than I thought. And that means that God's grace is bigger than I thought. And that means I am somebody who should be equipped to move towards people who have hurt me with forgiveness. Because the ways that I have offended God, are mag- they, there's a magnitude to them and there's a depth to them that I don't even comprehend. And yet he has offered me forgiveness and love. And so, granted, there, I know there's exceptions in the room that are some of the hardest cases, and I know some of them that I've heard that, are, that forgiveness takes a long time. And it's a process that goes over the course of your life. But for most of us in this room, there's probably ways we could start moving towards our mother and our father and forgiveness in tangible ways that we need to undertake. But secondly, I think we can honor our parents by understanding that our parents are real human beings who also change. So as we get older, you know, one of the things that you get frustrated with maybe, and I've heard this a lot, is that my parents still treat me. You might be like 30 years old, 40 years old, and you're like, my parents still treat me like I was when I was 15 or 18 when I left the house. And you don't like that, right? Like, why do they treat me the same way they treated me when I was, you know, I've grown up and I've got a job and I've got a family and I've done things and I've changed. Well, I think the one thing that we often don't think of is that our parents are human beings too. And since you've left the house and done other things, they have done other things as well. And they've grown and they possibly can change as well. And so giving, we honor our parents by, by, by beginning to really view them as as humans who have the ability to grow and to morph and to change over the course of their life. And so that means that you can get to know them in a new way the older you get. Thirdly, that we honor our parents by simply growing up. Now, this could be maybe more applied um, to those who are maybe in their 20s in the room or to college students, but, I mean, I've met those in their 40s and those in their 50s and even those in their 60s and beyond who still need to learn this, that it's time to grow up. That, what does that mean? That we start to act like adults, that, that we honor our parents by making decisions and not having to be nagged about things all the time. We, we grow up by becoming financially independent. So that that might actually mean that if your parents are constantly floating you financially, that 
a way of honoring them is to cut that off and to say, it's time for me to do this on my own. Because there's a day coming which will mean the way that I honor you is to take care of you as you get older. And how, I'm, how am I going to do that if I've never learned how to take care of myself? And so for some of us, especially if you have parents that are really well off, and they're always, always, always giving you more, it might be time, it might be a way of honoring them by saying, um, I need to learn to do this on my own. Nobody thinks it's really honorable or even adorable when you find like an old dude living with his mom and, you know, living like he's still in junior high. That's, that's dishonoring. But there's ways that we do that even if that's not that same picture. And so now one of the ways that you honor your parents is by taking the things that they have taught you and begin and you, you apply them. And I, and I say that, and I belabor that point for a minute because I think adolescence, I mean, we know that adolescence is being pushed back further and further and further. Until, you know, the responsibilities that were put on us maybe um, right when we graduated high school even at one time, those are being pushed back further and further and further. And so a way to honor our parents is to... Is to The Bible says when we get married, we leave and cleave. And so we begin learning what it means for us to leave, even if we're not married yet. We learn what it means to take responsibility in our lives. But lastly, and most importantly, we honor our parents by having God as our father. We honor our parents by having God as our father. And so all of us us in this room have been so defined by how we grew up, and we've been defined by how our, our parents have raised us, and some of us have been, we've placed all of our value upon their opinion of us, so when we do something good, we're, we're continually looking for the praise from them. If we do something bad, we still try to hide it from them, and our identity is tied up intimately in their approval. And then some of us are still carrying around um, phrases and things that were said to us when we were growing up. Some of the things that um, still define who we are, like, um, like, oh, he's so smart. Or isn't she just beautiful? And those are good things, but we carry them around um, because they are identity markers for us. And others are, of us carry around phrases that we're still trying to outlive. Like, she's never going to do anything right, is she? Or he's nothing... He's nothing like his father. And we live our lives trying to outlive some of those statements. And some of us are slaves to our parents' approval, even in our 50s. Some of, some of us are living each day because we're either trying to prove to our parents that we're important or we're trying to disprove their opinion of us. And the best way that we can honor our parents is to not have the ultimate approval of our life rest on their opinion of us, but to have our identity completely rest in God alone. Not in our wonderful but flawed and human parents, but in God. Because God is our Father. He is our one true Father who, through the good news of Jesus, what he declares to us is this. You are utterly and completely approved of by me. You have nothing left to prove. And how is that the case? Because the beauty of what Jesus did was that Jesus completely and utterly and at every moment submitted to the will of his Father and perfectly obeyed his Father. And what does that mean for you? For those of us who trust in Jesus, that our lives are united with Christ. 
that we are united with Christ, that we, Christ is our elder brother and we belong to the same family. And so when the Father looks at you right now, what he sees is the perfect obedience and love of his Son. And if you have his approval, if you have his approval, what other approval do you need? And if you don't need any other approval, and if you're not trying to outlive somebody's opinion of you, you know what you're set free to do? You're set free to forgive. And you're set free to love. And you're set free to honor even authority that you may not completely like. Because you already have the assurance of the love of your heavenly Father who delights in you and approves of you and sees your life as hidden in his Son. You are a co-heir with Christ. Let me pray. Father, we thank you. Again, we thank you for your word and its wisdom. And we thank you that you address us um, right in an issue that we all think about all the time that everyone in this room um, is considering the fact of how do we relate to those in our family. And we thank you that in your commandments, um, you help us to see the depth in which you have already planned this and thought it out. And you help us to see the ways in which we have um, disregarded it and gone against you and dishonored the authority that you put in our lives. But Father, we do thank you this morning as we come to this table for the perfect love of your son, Jesus. And we thank you for his sacrifice on our behalf. And we pray that you would help us this morning as we come to this table. um, That you would take our guilty consciences and you would wipe them clean once again. And you would help us to see that our lives are indeed hidden in Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen.